Welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given throughout the area. Today's show features Tim Staples and his talk, Baptism, recorded at the Gift of Faith Conference in June 2010. And now, Tim Staples. But I'm sharing stuff with you right now that revolutionized my thinking many, many years ago that helped me to see, and you can help some of your friends, maybe your children that have left the sacraments and are now going to Bob and Pete's Church of Fun down the street or whatever, whatever the name of the... the, I I, I shouldn't pick on people. Anyway, whatever the name is, but you can help them to come back to the faith of our fathers and and their fathers. But I I want to move to one more point here before we get to to the meat, to the good stuff. Not that the other stuff wasn't good. And that is this. Because one of the biggest things that kept me from a Catholic understanding of uh, baptism was the idea of works. See, I was taught from the time I was eight years old. Romans 3.28. We account a man to be justified by faith apart from works of law. Or how about this one? Romans chapter 4, verse 5. This was my favorite one for Catholics. Are y'all ready? Listen to this. To him that does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. (laughs) Answer that, Mr. and Mrs. Catholic. (laughs) Or Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And yet you Catholics talk about, do y'all really believe you've got to do good works to get to heaven? Can y'all say yes real loud? Because some of y'all were looking nervous. (laughs) Yes, if you've reached the age of accountability, you better start working. Amen? (laughs) All right. But the the point is, you know, these were were my go-to verses, man. I mean, this is obvious. Baptism is something you do. This is a work, man. You can't be saying you've got to be baptized. To be saved. Now, isn't it interesting? I was raised in the Baptist church. Right? We call it an ecclesial community, right? Not church, properly speaking. But I was raised in the Baptist church. But in the Baptist church, you didn't have to be baptized. (laughs) Something wrong there, don't you all think? You didn't have to be baptized to be saved. And we called ourselves the Baptist church. But at any rate, we believe that baptism was merely a symbol It did not have any efficacy to incorporate you into Christ or any of that to save. No, no, no. We're we're saved, we're justified, we're incorporated into Christ by faith alone. Now, isn't it interesting that this was the language we, we would use? And yet, look at the scriptures. This is why... As a Catholic apologist, y'all have heard me on the radio, I, I, te- I, I want to jump up and down and smack Catholics in the head and pour this stuff in their head and get it in there because, folks, our faith is airtight. It's airtight. We have reasons why we believe what they believe. They're deeply biblical, deeply historical, and reasonable. As Pope Benedict XVI is leading the charge for you and I, 
Pope Benedict XVI is saying to us, to me, he is the icon for what you and I have to be as Catholics in leading the charge. Look what he's doing. Our Holy Father is sitting down with Muslims, 219 Muslim scholars in dialogue. He's sitting down with the greatest Jewish mind alive in Rabbi Jacob Neusner. If you've read his book, Jesus of Nazareth, he's basically responding. A good part of that book is a, is a response to his friend, Rabbi Jacob Neusner, a man who has written over 100 books and personally edited the entire Babylonian Talmud. I mean, that, people just shouldn't be that smart. This is Jacob Neusner. And our Holy Father has befriended him and dialogues with him. And I would not be surprised if we hear of another, like we heard after World War II of Chief Rabbi Zoli who converted. I I would not be surprised. But the point is, whether it's Muslims, our Holy Father is dialoguing. Whether it's Jews, whether it's Protestants, whether it's Orthodox, our Holy Father is leading the charge. And to all of these and more, atheists, his recent few years ago, Symposium on Creation versus Evolution, Phenomenal! I read every one of those talks. Absolutely beautiful. But our Holy Father is leading the charge. You and I have to walk in His footsteps. Amen? Amen. And continue the dialogue. Let's sit down and reason together. Let's sit down. The reason why I'm Catholic is because somebody did that with me 24 years ago. Amen? Forgive me, that was a little commercial break there. But folks, when we talk about the works issue, right, and how, man, how could the Bible make it? I will never forget when my friend Matt told, I wonder, can I get away from this podium? I'm going nuts back here. Let me see if it, can y'all hear me? I hate standing behind podiums. Uh, maybe that's why I'm not a priest. Huh? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, that, you know, these texts there, especially Romans 4, verse 5, you know, to him that does not work. I mean, these are, these are texts we really do have to deal with. But I remember, once again, my friend Matt Dula, the boy who knew how to punch with angles. I remember when he said, and, and you know, I kind of knew where he was going to go with this, to James chapter 2, verse 24, right, Father? I mean, every Catholic goes there, and I was ready with my answer. I was ready for him. But I had never had a Catholic present the truth to me, and being a daily communicant, daily rosary, where he was praying for me, I found out later. I was a goner. I didn't know it, but I was a goner. This guy, daily mass, daily rosary. He had his mother and his seven brothers and sisters doing the same thing. I was in big trouble. Had his spiritual director, Father Ron Gillis, an Opus Dei priest in Washington, D.C., doing the same thing. I was a goner. But he says to me, Tim, you believe in justification by faith alone? Amen, brother. Till I die. Well, James chapter 2, verse 24, St. James says, We see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Matt said to me, Tim, I'm not asking you to become Catholic, at least not today. I'm not asking you to become Catholic right now. I'm just asking you to consider, can you possibly think... Just, just consider how maybe we might, as Catholics, have a little problem with justification by faith alone when the only place in the whole Bible the words faith alone are found, the words not by are right in front of them. Would you at least consider just how possibly we might have a little problem 
with justification by faith alone. Now, of course, I knew I was ready for the response. You know, I'm like, well, you know, the justification James is talking about is different than the justification Paul's talking about. He's not actually saying works contribute to your justification, but they're just signs of a justification you already... And I wouldn't even believe in what I was saying. <laughs> you know? Because the Holy Spirit was at work in my heart. And I, you know, because it doesn't say that works are not involved in your justification in any sense. It says exactly the opposite. Now, without getting into the, there are differences in the way justification is being talked about between Paul and James. But the one thing you cannot say is that the works James is talking about are not involved in your justification. That is contrary to the text. And it was from there that that my friend was able to show me the context of Romans 3.28. We account a man to be justified by works apart from the, or by, by faith apart from the works of the law. See, Paul had just taught us in Romans 2, verses 6 and 7. He said, God will render to every man according to his works. To him who continues in good works, his reward shall be glory, incorruption, and eternal life. Amen? Man, that sounds Catholic, doesn't it? He had already said you have to do good works to merit. Now, he doesn't use the word merit, but in, in Catholic theology, merit simply means reward, right? You must do good works in order to merit eternal life. And Paul will say that in many places. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Y'all getting these down? All right. Galatians 6, 7. Paul says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. If a man continues to sow to the flesh, he shall of the flesh reap death. If he continues to sow to the Spirit, he shall of the Spirit reap what? That's right, eternal life. Amen? Therefore, he says in verse 9, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for we shall reap if we faint not. In other words, you've got to keep working. Didn't we say that earlier? If you're over the age of accountability, you better keep working, according to St. Paul. But the point is, it's in Romans uh, 3 that Paul then begins to deal with these Judaizers, who were teaching that in order to be saved, remember they were teaching the Gentiles, in order, and not only the Gentiles, we also know from the epistle to the Hebrews, they were also teaching Jewish Christians that in order to get to heaven, you need to go back to the temple, back to the priesthood, amen? Got to get them kids circumcised, amen? And go to the temple, the sacrifice, in order to make heaven your home. That's what Paul is dealing with, and that's why he says we account a man to be justified by faith, faith in Christ, not the old law, not the old priesthood, amen? Oh, this is so important. Can you all tell I get a little excited? (laughs) This is so important, folks. See, this is why the writer to the Hebrews will say in Hebrews 7, verses 11 and 12, he says, for if perfection were attainable through the Levitical priesthood, What further need was there that another priest should arise and be called after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Aaron? For where there is a change in priesthood, there is a change of law. Amen? Now, why would he be saying that? Because the Judaizers were saying, if you want to get saved, you've got to go back to the old law. What's Paul saying? Or actually, the the inspired author of Hebrews, whoever he was. 
What is he saying? No, there's a new law. Amen? A new priesthood, and we've got a couple of them right here. A new law and a new priesthood that we are bound to. The law of Christ, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 9, 21. When you understand that, all of a sudden, oh, now I understand why he says we're justified by faith apart from works of law. Works of law referring to the law that's peculiar to the Jews. How do you know that? Look at the next verse. For is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Are you all with me? Do you know we're not charging extra for all these verses of Scripture? All right. And it's in that context that he goes down to verse 5. It's the same thought. From Romans 3.28 to Romans 4.5. To him that does not work, but believes. Now, do you think that Paul is saying here, all right, uh, let's say, let, let's insert some words. To him that commits adultery, but believes, his faith shall be counted for righteousness. Can you imagine Paul saying that? No, that's not what he says, is it? To him that does not work, referring to what? The works of law of Romans 3.28, folks. To, to those who will not, the Gentiles, who are faithful Catholics there, and say, I don't have to have my kids circumcised in order to get them to heaven. i got to have them baptized, which Paul says is what? The circumcision of Christ. See, once you see that, all of a sudden, all kind of verses of Scripture start to make sense. When Paul says in Galatians 3.27, by one spirit, we have been baptized into Christ where there is no longer male nor female, bond nor free, Jew nor Gentile. Why would he say that? You mean to tell me when you become baptized, you lose your, your uh, gender? Right? We're all a bunch of asexual Morphs. <laughs> no, that's not, I don't even want to think about that. No, that's not what he's saying. What he is saying is this is the new covenant circumcision, as opposed to the old circumcision that was a Jewish free men's club. Amen? <laughs> and only. Now, baptism is for all of us. The true women's liberator, amen, is Jesus and the church. We'll return to Living Bread Radio Presents after a short break. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. Embracing the world in prayer. That's at the heart of the World Mission Rosary developed by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. The rosary's different colored beads for each decade call to mind every part of the globe where the church continues to proclaim the good news of Jesus. Peace will come only when the hearts of the world have changed, Archbishop Sheen said. To do this, we must pray for the world. Naturally, we pray for our own needs and for those we love. As missionaries, we pray also that all come to know and experience the love of Jesus. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. And now the conclusion of today's production of Living Bread Radio Presents. Oh my goodness, when you see this all of a sudden, my word. Now I'm going to move to one last point that's most important of all 
about baptism that I would like you to chew on a little bit. It's because once you get rid of this, this idea that, you know, works are bad, therefore, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, logically flow from that. You don't have to be baptized. In fact, there are some Protestant denominations that don't even baptize anymore. Is that tragic? The Salvation Army, for example, they don't baptize. They've, they've gone to the logical conclusion. The thing's purely symbolic. It doesn't have any efficacy. We don't even do it anymore. Is that sad? I mean, we really have to evangelize these people. They need to be incorporated into Christ anyway. But see, it's very important that we understand, as I prayed, and there was a reason why I prayed that way at the beginning, I prayed, Father, we thank you for the gift of faith. And we acknowledge it as just that a gift. We've done absolutely nothing to merit the gift of faith we've received, and yet we know we're called to nurture and nourish that gift not only for our own salvation, but so that we might be instruments to bring this great gift of salvation to others as well. Notice I emphasize in that prayer, we've done nothing to merit it. And this is so crucial for us as Catholics to understand. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you thought I forgot about that verse, that I quoted earlier, where St. Paul says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. What is Paul talking about in context? Read the first seven verses. As my friend Father Ken Roberts used to always say, back when he was uh, on the sawdust trail, as we, he used to always say, whenever somebody quotes a verse at you, have them quote the four before it and the four after it, then we'll talk. <laughs> right? That's a good little rule of thumb. I would add a few more than just four, but uh, you know, that, that's a good little rule of thumb. The verses leading up to verse 8, that, that would be 1 through 7. Am I right, John? All right. My math's not very good. I just wanted to be sure. 1 through 7 leads up to 8. Okay. What you find is Paul says, you who were dead in trespasses and sin. Look at verse 3 and 4. You who were by nature children of wrath. That's what leads up to, for by grace you have been saved. He's talking about you were not Christian, you were children of wrath, and then you came into Christ. How? Through baptism. See, Paul is talking about the initial grace of salvation. How much time do I have? All right, 10 minutes. Good. (laughs) He was talking about the initial grace of salvation that we receive. And as we said, and as I said in that opening prayer, is entirely unmerited. And I want you to think about this in these last few minutes that I have with you, the incredible gift that baptism is. Paul says, not of works lest any man should boast. We Catholics are the ones who live this. We're the ones who baptize babies. Amen? What has a baby done to merit the gift of justification, salvation? I mean... Think about it. When, man, what a blessing it, it must be, Father, to be a priest and to be able to pour that water on the head of that little baby and know that at that moment a miracle happens. My gosh, all of heaven erupts and rejoices. The angels are dancing a jig. Every time one of these priests or deacons baptizes that little baby. Why? Because when you pour that water, you use the proper form, and matter, water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with the proper intention. You know what happens? That little baby 
receive. He is incorporated into Christ. And by the way, this, this is something that's so interesting to me. Is we used to always say that baptism doesn't save us. It doesn't incorporate us into Christ. It's faith, right? Well, what does the Bible say in Romans chapter 6, verse 3? We are buried together with him through baptism. So that as Christ was raised in newness of life, we may walk in newness of life. Notice, we're buried together with him through what? Baptism. Baptism doesn't save us. What does 1 Peter 3.21 say? Oh, you spoiled rotten brats. What does Peter say? Baptism now saves us. Not the removal of filth from the flesh or dirt from the flesh. In other words, it's not the physical water cleaning off your skin, but the appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism saves... Oh, Lord, have mercy, this is too good. We won't even get into John 3, 3 through 5. We'll be here all night. But let's, let's get back to this. Father Tregilio pours water on that baby's head in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that little baby is incorporated into Jesus Christ, receives the gifts of the Holy Spirit, access to all the other sacraments, at least in accordance with his particular calling in life. Doesn't mean he's going to get all the sacraments. Amen? Amen? Unless he's called to the priesthood. All right. You know, he's, he's not going to be getting that one. Anyway, the point is, this baby receives the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. He is transformed into a new creation, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things old are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. new. And what has that baby done but lay there and poop? <laughs> forgive me for being a little (laughs) but seriously all that baby's doing is that my friends is the unmerited favor the grace of God at work in that baby's life God has gone before us this is what the sacrament of baptism tells us God has gone before us just as he did with the blessed mother not to the degree he did with the Blessed Mother, right? But in the Blessed Mother, in the Immaculate Conception, he goes before to prepare Mary for her particular calling. Amen? A unique calling in bearing Almighty God in her womb. God analogously, analogously does the same with us. He goes before us. He prepares us through baptism. Why? To prepare us to engage a world that is lost and dying and in desperate need of his love and his grace. He goes before to empower us. And I, and I believe that if we as Catholics would meditate, we're starting here with baptism, and appropriately so. It's the first sacrament. Amen? Not the greatest in the order of grace, but it has a certain primacy because without it, you don't have access to the Eucharist. Amen? See, if we as Catholics would meditate on these great gifts, the sacraments that we have, and too often we take for granted, if we would meditate on what it is that we have, I'm always reminded at this point of Pope Leo the Great, who's quoted in the Catechism, Pope Leo the Great, who said, Oh, Christian, if you but knew who you were, you would never return to your former sins. If we knew who we were, we have more power in our fingertips through the sacraments to change this world 
And yet so often we as I hear it all the time. I can't do anything. Right? Oh, I can't share the faith. I don't know. Can I tell you all this before any of you want to say this to me later today? Don't. <laughs> don't. Oh, I can't. I hear it all the time. Tim, I can't quote the verses of Scripture like you do. So? God doesn't ask us all to be able to quote the scriptures. He asks us to share what we have. Amen? And God is the one who has gone before you and has empowered you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are then increased and perfected through all three sacraments of initiation, especially confirmation and the Eucharist. That grace we receive in baptism is increased and perfected, in particular in confirmation, which Father will talk about, to empower us to be warriors, to go out and engage this culture and to love people supernaturally with our intellects illuminated with wisdom and understanding, knowledge and counsel, our wills empowered to be able to choose the good through piety, fear of the Lord, fortitude, right? These gifts of the Spirit that empower us supernaturally to do what our natures can't. Number one, get us to heaven, amen? But also to drag as many folks as we can with us. Amen? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on Compact Disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.